Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to this episode 187 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I'm an employment solicitor and HR specialist, and I run the firm Real Employment Law Advice, where together with my colleagues, we provide advice and assistance to both employers and employees who are anywhere in the UK, really. Whilst our head office is based on the Isle of Wight, we do deal with employers and employees all over England and Wales. So if you have any employment issues, any HR questions, or if you just want some general ongoing support from us, we'd be very happy to help. Do get in touch. You can email me. My email is alison at realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk or alternatively, you can telephone our head office and arrange to speak to one of our solicitors. The number is 01983 897 Now, as well as providing this podcast, which is really aimed at HR professionals and managers and business owners, although it can help employees as well. We also produce a number of videos on our YouTube channel, which are aimed at both employers and employees and cover a range of topics that we don't always cover on this podcast. So if you'd like to see more information and learn more, you can go over to our YouTube channel, just search Real Employment Law Advice and you'll find us there. I'd be really grateful if you are a regular listener to this podcast, if you could go over and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. This week, I have a fantastic interview and very interesting interview for you. So without further ado, I'm going to get into this week's featured content. In this week's episode of the podcast, I'm going to be talking to Jerry Williams, who is the CEO and founder of Smooth Accounting. Much like myself, Jerry has approached her career in accounting in a very different way and has set up a firm so that she can deliver excellent accounting services to her clients, but also provide a really great working environment. And one of the things that she's doing, which is a bit of a trailblazer at the moment, is introducing results only working to her staff. And in this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about results only working, how it works in practice, and some of the things that you can think about if you are considering introducing it into your organisation. Hey, so I'm here with Jerry Williams from Smooth Accounting, and today we're going to be talking about results only working, which is a really interesting concept, which I'd heard of briefly before I spoke to you about it, Jerry. Um, so when I, you told me that you were going to be implementing it, it was really interesting and I delved into it a bit further. So hopefully our listeners will find it really helpful to hear more about it. So do you want to talk to us a bit about who you are and about Smooth first of all? Yeah, sure. So I'm Jerry Williams and I am the owner of Smooth Accounting, which is a digital accountancy practice based in Portsmouth. We serve clients all over the country and the world, mainly corporate clients, but we act for individuals, sole traders, partnerships and limited companies. And yeah, that's us. And so how many employees do you have at the moment? So um, including myself, there is 13 at the moment and we have a new lady joining us next month. So there will be 14. And it's a mixture of accountants and administrative staff, isn't it? Yes. So we have our office manager, Fran, been with us since day one and my, my first ever employee. And I have a PA who works for me across Smooth and, and my other sort of business ventures. And we also have 
uh, Luke, who is our head of digital media, uh, so does all our filming and, you know, anything digital basically for our marketing. Okay. And so I know we talked about you implementing results only working a while back, but it's only recently started. So when did you actually start with it? We started it, it was either last February or it was last April. So we're, we're definitely about a year down the line. I can't remember. I feel like it was April that we started it. So yeah, we're, we're coming up for a year. Okay. And so um, for the listeners, what exactly is Results Only Working and how did you first hear about it or come about it? So Results Only Working Environment or ROW, as I sort of abbreviate it for short, is basically that it is focusing on results only. We don't have a focus on time. So time is very irrelevant for our staff. We don't have set working hours or set working pattern. So they work whatever they want whenever they want, as long as the work gets done. So it's a shift of mindset very much away from traditional ways of working, which see a lot of office staff certainly doing the nine to five and that kind of thing to basically a fully flexible working arrangement. And the reason, and I I came about it, I, do you know, I can't actually remember how I first found out about it, but I remember having a conversation with Simon, who was my my business coach a couple of years ago, because he did it in his, he do, he does it, sorry, in his practice. He's done it for a number of years. And I remember speaking to him about it and saying, I, I want to do this. So this is what I want to offer my staff. And he said, you know, what's the reason and what, why? And I read the book, which is all about it, which is called Why Work Sucks and How to Fix It. So I read that book first, very much got on board with the concept. And then that's when I was like, no, I definitely, I definitely want to do this. Okay. And so when you came up with the idea, did you speak to the staff first or how did you approach it with them? Yeah. So I was mentioning it for a while before we even had a conversation. Um, I was having conversations with the team and and sort of saying, one day I want to offer full flexibility. I was always very flexible. I, I tried to be very, very flexible. I always have, you know, if people want to change hours, finish early, start late, whatever. I was, I never had a problem with that and uh, accommodated that whenever I could. But I, I felt like it just wasn't enough. It was still very, if I leave an hour early, I'll make the hour up. It was still very time focused. So I was talking to the team about it quite a lot and, and mentioning it. And they knew it was sort of something that was going to come. So it wasn't like a, just out the blue, this is what we're doing. But then I had a conversation with the entire team about it at the point that I introduced KPIs. So we introduced KPIs, Key Performance Indicators, a long time before we implemented Row, because we needed a way of measuring output in order for Row to be able to work. So when I had the conversation with the team about KPIs and said, this is what we're going to bring in and these are the requirements of the job, I, I was explaining to them why I was bringing in KPIs and what the actual end result was going to be. And that was for us to have full flexibility. Okay. So was it fairly well received amongst the team or did you have somebody... He said, actually, I don't like the idea of this. It was fairly well received. I think there was a lot of kind of apprehension about it because it was very new. And we had a couple of people that didn't want to do it, which was fine. It was it was absolutely optional. I was not going to make anyone do it. But those people very quickly changed their minds once Roe became a thing um, and decided they did want to do it. So, yeah, there was definitely apprehension and a lot of questions and we went through them. But Ultimately, I think until we actually took the leap and started it, it was 
the unknown for all of us. So, you know, we kind of had to just get going with it and say, look, we're going to do this. We're going to see if it works for everyone. If it works, we'll keep it. And if it doesn't work, we won't. Okay. So now you're nearly, I suppose, nearly a year down the line. Yeah. Um, what, what were the kind of practicalities of implementing it to start with? And then they've kind of come up as you've been doing it as a key things. So a few things. Practicalities, I'd say we are open nine to five, Monday to Friday as a, as a business. And obviously, as far as all of our clients are aware, and they need us during those those working hours. So that's always a practicality, I think, with any kind of f- full flexibility. So our admin staff do not work under row. It doesn't suit an admin type role in my business. I could not get that to work. And that's fine. They're, they're very much fine and, and happy with not working under row because they work the hours they chose when they took the job and they know I'm very flexible. So I need to know the phones are covered that, you know, between nine and five. That's always a practicality, I think, or a worry that people might have when they do row. Other things were like part-time staff. How would they be affected? Because row is a 24-7 thing. You know, it works both ways. If I need to contact someone at any time of day or night or weekend, I'm allowed to with a row kind of arrangement. I mean, that doesn't really happen. I don't really need to. There's no there's no accounting emergencies that are happening in the middle of the night. But um, but that's that is in essence how it works. You know, it works both ways. Part time stuff can be a little bit tricky with that. So it was um, managing that arrangement that was that came up. I'm trying to think of other things. Um, apprentices. So we have a couple of apprentices that have joined us straight from school. So this is their first job and very, very new to to, to working full time and accountancy and need structure and training and support. And so they do not work under row at the moment because it's simply not in their best interests for us to do that. So yeah, those kind of things. So it's not very black and white, but there's always a way around, you know, the different issues, I guess, that come up. Yeah. And what about the positives then? Have you started to see positives come out of it in terms of performance and just general, you know, how people are feeling about work? Yeah, definitely. So performance it has improved. Productivity has improved. Our deadlines have come back more in line with what our um, business KPIs are. Definitely seen improvements across the board in terms of the, the financials and things. Also, the team and everyone just seems happier and and we've had really good feedback from everybody that they much prefer it this way you know things like one of the team got a puppy you know after we started row and she said i've never worked i've never had a job where like we could get a dog and we've wanted one for the last 10 years okay. she went, but now <laughs> i work under row i can have a dog because i know that i can work from home sometimes i can take him for a walk whenever and you know all the things that come with having a dog I don't know I haven't got one but she, you know <laughs> she said like that's that has been the impact on her like and that's a bit you know it's a big thing uh, and I love hearing things like that and or seeing that like someone's going out for a run in the middle of the morning because they want to you know mm. and stuff so it's it's not about working less it's about working in a more grown-up way so you hand quite a lot of trust over to them in terms of when they manage their time and that sort of thing. So do you still have an expectation that they're, you know, for example, they're contactable during certain hours of the day or is it really just a case of you manage your own time and we'll leave you to it? As a business, we have an expectation there's a four hour turnaround for phone calls and emails. So no client or colleague 
will wait more than four hours between nine and five to hear back from whoever it is they need to speak to. So if people want undisturbed time off, then they take annual leave. And that's the difference. So there is that. But people, and, and there's no requirement for any of the teams to tell each other what they're doing, where they're going, you know, because we have that four hour turnaround. So if someone decides they want to not work for a few hours, they don't have to tell anyone that, but they all do. You know, I've never made it a requirement, but everyone just out of courtesy tells each other, you know, I'm going to put the car up or I'm going to get the kids from school or whatever. You know, I'll be, I'll be out for an hour and get me on teams if you need me sort of thing. So they've all just kind of, it is a trust thing. They've all communicated amongst themselves and made it work to have that level of freedom, which is great. So do you think it's encouraged more communication amongst the team and more collaborative working? Or are they still kind of working in their silos? Yeah, it's definitely encouraged more communication. And now that we use Teams, we changed all of our systems like a year ago as well. So we used to have a WhatsApp group, for example, and everyone was in it. And we just moved away from that, which is so much better. Like it's on Teams now. So Teams is what everyone uses to communicate. And they're always, everyone's chatting on Teams all day, every day. You know, it's it's, it's really great to see that, um, especially with the pandemic and people working from home and not being together physically. And now with Row, people come into work, come into the office if they want, work from home if they want, work from Spain if they want. Um, it's nice to see that level of communication on Teams so that everyone's still talking. And yeah, collaboration. And and yeah, I think they work in pods. So they kind of, they're very collaborative within their pods and helping each other at different levels and things. Yeah. Um, It's interesting you should say about working from Spain, because one of my questions was going to be if somebody wanted to go and stay away for sort of three months, for example, which I'm hearing a lot of actually. Yeah. And since the pandemic, lots more people are saying actually staff want to go and work and live in, you know, Spain for the summer. Yeah. Is that something that they could do as well? Yeah, absolutely. And and it's really interesting because the new lady that's joining us in April, she wants to travel the world. And she said she wants to go to Spain for a period of time. She wants to go all around the world. She can't do that with her employer where she works at the moment. And she can do that with Smooth. And that's why she wanted to come and work for us. And even on her employer re- reference that we requested that the employer fills in, the reason for leaving was employee wants to travel the world. We can't accommodate that. So it just shows that it's not only helping our existing staff, it's helping us to recruit the best talent as well. Yeah, so that was uh, bringing me on to the next thing I was going to ask about, Ro, and how attractive is it to potential candidates? And is it something that you're actively advertising mm. um, and people are sort of coming to you because of that? Yeah, absolutely it is. And the new lady from, from next month is an example of that. And other people that have contacted me saying, you know, I've, I've had a number of people in the last few weeks contact me and, and ask, can they have a job? And, you know, they they, they really want to work with us forward-thinking, flexible firm, and we don't have any any spots open to, to recruit anyone else. But it's so nice because it's it's notoriously difficult to recruit in the accounting space. Like everyone I speak to is like just struggling so much to find staff. It's really, really, really hard. So it's a massive deal, I think, to be able to offer this to new people. It's it's attracting people, which is great. You know that's. That's brilliant. It's helping us to, you know, avoid having to use recruitment agents where we can get the word out anyway about what we're doing. And so um, what about things like managing staff who want to work more or who work more than perhaps they should do or, you know, might be extending their time of working and therefore potentially causing issues around burnout or Mm. um, working time? I think that Roe 
doesn't I haven't seen Roe have that impact on anybody because I feel like whether you're nine to five or you have Roe, that would people if they're gonna do it would do that anyway. They would work more than their nine to five hours or whatever. Um, you do have to be really careful and, and you know, we try and monitor what people are doing and and have those conversations and tell them to not work so many hours and don't work too late and stuff, but everyone has to sign to say they understand they can't work more than however many hours a week. Um, as you know, because you, you're, <laughs> you would have helped us with all of that wording. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's important that they sign and they understand that we do not want people working. Absolutely don't want people working crazy hours. I want people working when they want to work. And it may be at certain times of the year that they work more than our 37 and a half hour weeks. And other times of the year, they work less for demand. And that's how it works. January is really, really, really busy. And people, I'm sure, work more hours. February is quieter, so they work less. So it also kind of flows with the trend of our... We are a bit seasonal, I guess. So row helps the business in that way with, mm. with people being able to sort of work more and less when they need to. Yeah. Yeah. And you touched upon your, your contracts and your wording. And sort of thing. <laughs> so I guess one of the other things to say is you, you looked at it very purposefully, you know, you got advice on it and we, we changed your contract terms, implemented policies, all of that sort of thing to yeah. make sure that, that, that all of the legal bases were covered. Absolutely. So certainly that's something that anyone who's thinking of introducing this should do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also mentioned earlier about annual leave. Mm-hmm. Now, am I right in thinking you've gone to unlimited annual leave as well? I have, yes. Um, um, only from January this year. So we're trialling it for a year. Yes. And so again, how does that fit in? How? Because often I, I imagine someone listening might say, well, how do you get someone, stop someone from taking all of their holiday, yeah. you know, in one go or taking too much holiday or not taking enough holiday? So how are you yeah. managing that side of it? So everyone has to take the statutory minimum as a, as a base. So that's kind of a, that's compulsory. Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to take more than that, then that's, that's fine. They can do that in the same way they can operate row and work less hours but they have to get their work done. So, you know, it works in a very similar way. The unlimited annual leave is there. It's a perk that you can take advantage of as long as you're hitting your KPIs. So that's very, very important, I think, that people understand that we're still running a business, you know, still we've still got all the clients to look after and, and all the deadlines and everything. So that comes first. But it's lovely to be able to say if you people want to take an extra week off or want an extra week's holiday, if they work a bit more, a bit harder prior to that, they've got the option then of taking another week off because they've done everything they need to do. But if you only give them 30 days holiday or whatever it is you give, that's not an option. It just doesn't exist, you know. So so it is give and take, but it's nice to be able to, again, be flexible with annual leave. It didn't feel right to restrict people's annual leave when you were giving them freedom with their hours. It didn't, it just, it didn't feel like it fit right with our company values which is really important and so would you say that what you've implemented now is like the ultimate flexible working model or do you think you could potentially go further in the future or you might go further um I don't think I could go any further I don't I don't see how I could go any further with it I think we are we are the ultimate flexibility now I can't I can't I suppose unless I change something about fundamentally about the business and we weren't a nine to five business, for example, then I don't think I could take it any further than I already have. Um, who knows, I guess, who knows what will happen in the future. But yeah, I think for now we are 
we are as fully flexible, I think, as, as you can get. Yeah. And I suppose a lot of the flexibility, like you say, around nine to five is about customer or client expectations, yeah. isn't it? And I guess if the world continues to change in relation to working and people doing more, you know, results-based working or flexible working, then the expectations from clients might change, which means you might be able to change that um, requirement to be around within those sort of parameters yeah. in future it would be nice to see if we were you know everybody kind of moved to that model and yeah. you you kind of manage expectations of the clients accordingly yeah definitely yeah and so if anybody was thinking about implementing this what would you say is the number one thing that you would tell them about results only working i think read the book read why work sucks and how to fix it first then decide if it's what you want to do. Because I think that's the people that created Row, And I think you really need to have a good understanding of practically how it works, which the book really gives you, before you can know if it's definitely something you want to do. Because it's not for the faint-hearted. Like, it is difficult for anyone. If you're a control freak, it's difficult. I'm a control freak. I think I found it difficult. And I'm a lot better now. But I found it very difficult in the beginning, you know, like, please don't all just leave, like, you know, just get up and walk out of work. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's it's worth it, but it's not, it's not easy. It's, it's not easy to do, especially for a small business. It's not easy. So you've got to, I think you've got to plan it, yeah. read the book, decide it's definitely what you want to do, put a good plan in place. Like you say, get all the legalities covered, all of that side of it, make sure it's what your team want, because ultimately if they don't want it what is the point? I, I think it's got to, it's got to work for the business and it's got to work for the staff. And if it doesn't work for either of those, it won't work and you, you shouldn't do it. That's really good advice. And I think the fact that you, you know, just looking at KPIs and the results uh, for, from a role is, is really important. Even if you just take that one step without introducing results only working, because mm-hmm. it's surprising how many businesses have staff who don't know exactly what's expected of them (laughs) yeah exactly like it gives the kpis give so much clarity and that is so important i will give you a job and in return you know i'll pay pay your salary in return i want this specifically this what's on this kpi sheet or however you're doing it you know and that's that's really important and we would have kpis regardless you know if people the kpis are not optional row is optional you can work nine to five if you want to and only from the office and have no flexibility or you can work under row, either or, but you still got to do your KPIs. That's that's a requirement of the job. So they're not one and the same, but certainly the KPIs are needed to enable you to, or something is needed for you to man- monitor results to be able to put it in place. Absolutely. And I think that's really interesting, isn't it? Because that would be my argument if somebody said, well, it, it's not going to work, it would never work. But actually in all organisations, you should be measuring output rather than just time. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Just having someone sitting there from nine to five for the sake of it, paying them, yeah. if you're not getting the results out of it. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, you know, it's so strange how we have this culture of expecting people to sit at a desk and if they're not at a desk, they're not working. And it's just so bizarre to me because there's no incentive there for anyone to work efficiently. And we drive efficiencies with everything that we do. We're always looking for efficiencies. If you incentivize people that when you've finished your work, you can go or stop working or whatever, they will find efficiencies in what they're doing. You know, so, but if you say, actually, if you finish that at three o'clock, you still need to sit there till five, they'll just drag it out till five, you know? So yeah. it's it's just so bizarre how we, how we sort of treat working and working hours and things in this country, but... 
I think it's changing. It's changing for the better. And um, I'm really glad I did it. It's interesting because the results only working kind of came from around 2004 from my research and mm-hmm. where it first came out from yeah. uh, the, the ladies who were working at Best Buy. Yes. And, um, and now we're in 2022. Mm-hmm. And with obviously with everything that happened with the pandemic, I think it's obviously speeding up mm-hmm. this change in terms of flexibility and the ability to work from anywhere really yeah. um, so hopefully we'll see inspired by you Jerry yes course, more people <laughs> doing the results only working yeah yeah hopefully and, and I know a couple of accountants that do it I don't think it's massively common in the accounting space I hope that that changes I think people are going to have to change I think if you want to retain good staff you're going to need to that's just my opinion and if it's possible I appreciate it's not possible in every business to offer row and I totally get that but if it is possible then businesses need to consider it so that's a good point to end on. But is there anything else you wanted to add about it or any other final tips or hints that you want to give? Communication is just really, really key. And it's key anyway in every business and everyone knows it and we all say it and it's a little bit cheesy. But it's so key. You know, talk to your staff. Do they actually want it? You know, is it what they want? If it is what they want, how I'll get them to make it work. I, I think so many people are worried because they're like, well, how will it work? How will it work? Put it on them. Originally, when I didn't have very many or or didn't have enough people answering the phone from an admin perspective, I had to get the team to do a phone rotor to make sure they were responsible for monitoring the phones during nine to five. Like, put it on them. They'll find a way of doing it between themselves. You know, you don't need to take that responsibility so much. If they want it enough, they'll find a way to make it work. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just communication is, is really key. Yeah, absolutely. You get the best buy-in from people if it's coming from them in the first place, don't you? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, That's fantastic. I think there's lots of really good information there. Um, So if anyone wants to contact you, I know um, that uh, you don't don't do results-only working advice as your bread and butter, um, but in terms of accountancy and that sort of thing, where can they get in touch with you or find you? Uh, So they can find me on LinkedIn, Jerry Williams. They can find me on YouTube, which is also my name, Jerry Williams. They can email us, help at smoothaccounting.co.uk. Our website, www.smoothaccounting.co.uk. Um, and we're on all the other social channels as well. So yeah. so I'll put a link in the show notes to everything we've talked about today. Yeah. Um, but I would also urge people to have a look at your videos yes. because they are fantastic Thank and you. entertaining, should I say, for, yeah. a, for a, an accountant. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely check out the other videos. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun. Okay. Thanks very much, Sherry. It's Thank great you. to talk to you. Thanks. Well, I hope you'll agree that that was a fantastic episode of the podcast and interview with Jerry Williams from Smooth Accounting this week. And if you'd like any more information or you'd like to get in touch with Jerry, as we said, all the information will be in the show notes below. If you're thinking of introducing results only working, there are obviously a number of considerations from a practical perspective, but also you need to consider your employment contracts and making sure that you have everything set out legally so that if any issues or disputes arise in the future, then you can deal with those. It's certainly something that myself and my colleagues can help with. And if you'd like to get in touch for a no obligation discussion, to obtain a fixed fee quote, or to learn more about our ongoing HR Harbour membership service, do get in touch. My email is alison at realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk or you can telephone our head office on 01983 897 003. Many thanks for listening and I look forward to bringing the podcast to you again in another two weeks. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you, 
that the information in this podcast is for information only. It's general review and a general update. It's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances. So please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast. But please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice.